Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing a series that I started last week talking about how to stay full of God. That title may be a little misleading, but I tell you, the teaching that I did last week as we started on this was just powerful. This has changed my life, and I just know that as I was teaching on this, it was making a difference in a lot of people's lives. You can go to our website. You can get last week's programs. You can also get the book. We have a study guide. We have CDs and DVDs. But I promise you, this is something that has made a huge difference in my life. And the Lord wants every one of us to live a consistent life. It says in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. He doesn't want you to barely get by. And I'm not talking about only financially. I mean, it includes that. But He wants you to have an abundance of joy. It says in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, In the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. At His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We shouldn't have to go through just, you know, mountaintop to mountaintop and mountain in between there's these valleys and so you're up and down like a yo-yo. No, there should be a consistency to our life. And the sad fact is most Christians are not experiencing that and it's not God's fault. It's our fault. What is it that causes this? How come when God touches us and we have just a, a great experience with the Lord, that it seems to have an expiration date and it only lasts for a brief period of time. Now, I admit that that is typical. That is the way most people's experience with the Lord goes, but it doesn't have to be that way. And even though I'm not a perfect example and I don't do this in everything, concerning when God touched my life back in 1968, I have never lost the benefit of that. It is still impacting me today. I think about it every day and what God has done has grown and increased. It's stronger today than it was 51 years ago. That can be your experience. You do not have to lose the joy and the peace and the love and the blessing of God. It should get sweeter every day. And so that's what I'm teaching on. And from Romans chapter 1 verse 21, it tells you how people lose what God has done in their life. It says here in verse 21, "...because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened." So this gives four things here in Romans 1.21 that people do that makes them walk away from what God has done in their life that diminishes the impact of what God has done in their life. So what I'm doing is identifying these things and saying if you would do these things that the Scripture here says they didn't do, well, then it will keep what God has done in your life from ever diminishing. It will get stronger and greater as time goes along. So last week, I spent all week talking about what it means to glorify God. It, mean, it means to value God. 
It means to put worth upon what God has done. It means to focus upon God. I use Romans chapter 11 in verse 13, and over there the exact same word that was translated glorify in Romans 121, it was translated magnify in Romans chapter 11 and in verse uh, 13. And so here's another way of saying it, that to glorify God is to magnify God. And the way you do that is whatever your attention is focused upon, it begins to be magnified. Now that's an important truth, and I've got a teaching on that in a, a teaching entitled Hardness of Heart that would go into more explanation than what I'm going to do right here. But your mind is like a magnifying glass, and whatever you focus on... Now this isn't talking about that you could still have a piece of information. You could have knowledge over here, but if it's kind of like off to the side and if it's not what you're focused upon, it won't grow. It won't magnify. But whatever you focus your attention upon, it becomes bigger. And the problem has been that we have been focused on the problem instead of the answer. And this is saying that you have to magnify, glorify God. And here's another verse that goes along with this. If you remember back in Romans 1.21, the first step is you've got to glorify God. The second thing is they were unthankful. So in order to retain the things of God, you've got to start being thankful. Look at this verse in Psalms chapter 69. And in verse 30, he said, I will praise the name of God with the song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Remember Romans eleven thirteen. the word magnify was the exact same word that was translated glorify. So these things, they are steps. They are four separate things, but they're interrelated. They're connected. It's progressive steps. The first thing you've got to do is to glorify God, which means to magnify God. The second thing, you've got to be thankful. How do you do that? Well, verse 30 here says that you magnify Him with thanksgiving. So you cannot really glorify God and put the proper worth and value on Him and what He's done in your life if you aren't thankful for what He's done in your life. And you know, there's a lot of things to thanksgiving. But part of thanksgiving is memory. You can't thank God for something that He hasn't done yet. Now, you can do it by faith, but I believe that the Scripture is saying that when you're supposed to be thankful, it's talking about looking back at what God has done. This involves your memory. You know, there's Scriptures over in the book of Peter. Peter said that people who lack these things, and he listed off about seven or eight things, he says they are blind and cannot see afar off and have forgotten that they were purged from their old sins. You know, it's actually possible for a person to get born again, have a relationship with God, but then get so focused on this life and all of the things that they're doing that they forget about what God has done for them and that they are forgiven of their sins. And because of that, when you start focusing on other things, I've used this example like a seesaw all week long, but when you are magnifying God, everything else is relatively low. But when you start magnifying your problems and focusing on that, you diminish what God has done, and people can actually get to a place that they forget that they were purged from their old sins. Let me just ask you this. When's the last time that you just sat down and thanked God that you were forgiven of your sins, that Jesus died for your sins, 
that if you were to die, you would go directly into the presence of God and you've got a mansion that God's working on and preparing for you. When is the last time that you just sat down and began to thank God for your salvation? I'm sure that there's many people watching this program that have done that, but there's also many people that you are so focused on your problem. You're praying for your healing. You're praying for your finances. You're praying for direction. You're praying for something. You're so focused on it that it has been days, weeks, maybe months, years since you've actually sat down and just thanked God for your salvation. Thank God that He revealed Himself to you. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9 says, But he that lacketh these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You know, it's possible that you could be born again, have a miraculous, life-changing experience with the Lord, and yet get so involved in the affairs of life and the problems that are facing you that you literally forget about your salvation. And yet, if you put everything into its proper perspective, did you know that if worse comes to worse, and if you had some incurable disease and you were going to die, you're going to go forever and live with the Lord. Now, I believe that God wants you well, and I believe that you can be well, so I'm not saying that we shouldn't believe for healing, but I'm saying, worst case scenario, you die and you live forever in a mansion on streets that are paved of gold, in a place where there will be, you know, the former things. Isaiah said this, that the former things will never come to mind. You won't even remember all the stuff that was bad down here. It's going to be awesome. And if you were thinking properly about that, then you know what? You would just be glorifying the Lord regardless of what happened. But let me ask you a question. I can guarantee you there's people watching this program that maybe you've been born again for years, but it's been at least weeks or maybe months since you've actually just sat down and thought about, Father, thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you that you aren't mad at me anymore. Thank you that I have been forgiven, that all of my sins were placed upon Jesus. You know, I was raised in the Baptist church, and when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, they didn't want me. I got kicked out of a couple of Baptist churches. But even in the Baptist church, when they didn't believe in miracles, they didn't believe in healings, they didn't believe in anything except being saved, I saw a lot of people in the church that I grew up in that they suffered with sickness, they suffered with poverty, they didn't know the benefits that were truly theirs in this life. And yet I could tell you many of those people just praised God and they had more joy than many people who are spirit-filled and are believing for healing and believing for prosperity and believing for all of these things just because they were magnifying God constantly and thinking about how good He was to forgive them of their sins. And they went through some hardships that I see sometimes spirit-filled people don't go through. And it's because when you get spirit-filled and you realize that we now have power and authority and that God wants us well, many of us get to focusing on our healing and on our prosperity and on all of these things. And because we may not see a full manifestation of it, we just have magnified that situation. We're so focused on it that we aren't magnifying the Lord. And again, I go back to Psalms chapter 69 and verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify Him with thanksgiving. The way you magnify the Lord, the way you glorify the Lord is with thanksgiving. 
You need to be thankful constantly, constantly. You know, I was just teaching in our Bible college about this very thing, talking on prayer and what prayer really is. And most Christians today use prayer like a grocery cart to just go down the aisles of heaven and, you know, give me this and give me this. And you're always asking for something or you're always repenting. Oh, God, I'm so sorry I blew it again. But, you know, that shouldn't be what prayer is all about. Now, that is a part of it. There is a place to tell God that you're sorry and repent. There is a place to let your request be made known unto God that your joy may be full. But the vast majority of prayer, I mean 90% or more of your prayer life, ought to be nothing but worship and thanksgiving, just glorifying God. Think about this. What did Adam and Eve pray about? What kind of relationship did they have with God before they sinned? They didn't have any sin to confess. They didn't have anything to complain about. It was a perfect environment. Everything was perfect. There was no government that was doing anything wrong. Nobody else had treated them wrong. They didn't have a dysfunctional family that they came from. They didn't have to have clothes. They didn't need food. God had created more food, you know, than they could have ever eaten. They, the climate was perfect. There, there was, what do you talk about? If you, let me say it this way. If you were to subtract the amount of time that you spend in prayer repenting and telling God that you blew it again, you're so sorry, or asking for something, and, oh, God, I need this, and, oh, God, please do this, or if you're really spiritual, you spend all of your time repenting for other people and asking for them to get something. If you were to subtract all of that from your prayer life, which that stuff didn't exist with Adam and Eve before sin entered into the world, what would be left? And I can guarantee you with most people, there wouldn't anything be left. That's what prayer is to most people. But, they, but Adam and Eve communed with God every evening in the cool of the day. And they weren't asking for something. They weren't binding something. They weren't complaining about how bad their lot was. We don't know exactly what this time, you know, that they spent with the Lord in the cool of the evening was about. But I could imagine that they were just talking about, God, it was such a beautiful world. Man, this garden is absolutely awesome. We've seen flowers. We've seen a sunset. We saw an animal today that we named the duckbill platypus, and it's just like you had all of these leftover parts, and you just put them all into this one animal. And they're just, you know, telling God about what their day was like and thanking Him and praising Him for the beautiful creation that He made. I believe it was just relationship. It was worship and praise. And I believe that that ought to be the vast majority of our relationship with God. I actually resent having to ask for things. Now, if you were watching my programs last week, I mentioned that back in the month of February, we came into a financial situation, and I did have to pray about it and ask the Lord. And so I'm not saying it's wrong to pray about your situation, but I, re I really resent it. I want my relationship with God to be just thanksgiving and praise, thanking Him for how good things are. And when you do this, it says that when you, you magnify Him with thanksgiving. Did you know that if you just determine that I'm going to enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise, I'm going to be thankful unto Him and bless His name, for the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. When that just becomes like something that you commit yourself, that this is the way I am going to worship God, it forces you 
to magnify God. It forces you to think on the goodness of God. If you say that I'm going to enter into His gates with thanksgiving, well, then you can't enter in and say, Oh, God, the doctor said, that's not thanksgiving. Oh, God, the banker said, that's not thanksgiving. Oh, God, my dog bit me. That's not thanksgiving. You need, for you to enter into His gates with thanksgiving, it's going to force you to start looking at what God has done. And some of you may be in such a funk that you are just sitting there thinking, Well, I can't see anything good that God's done. Well, then if nothing else, go back to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, and remember that He has forgiven you of your sins. And if nothing ever worked out in this life, which that's certainly not God's will for it to be that way, but if you are so pessimistic that you can't see anything working out, then just think about heaven and that someday, man, the former things will never even come to mind. That the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Romans chapter 8. And if you get to thinking like that and just praising God for your salvation, if nothing else, but then if God has ever come through for you, if you've ever been healed, if you've ever had prosperity, if you've ever seen God bless you in your relationships, if you have a decent job, if you live in a house, if you have a car to drive. You know, I've heard that if you have $10 cash, you are richer than 90% of the people on this planet. You ought to think about this. See, this is one of the reasons that we make our Bible college students go on a foreign missions trip before they can graduate because people here in America, we just don't even realize. We think, well, all I'm making is $2,000 a month. I can't live on that. Man, the vast majority of the world would love to have your problems. What we call poverty here is nothing. I've been in Mexico and seen people that were born on a city dump in a cardboard box and they're now 40 and 50 years old and they have never lived anywhere except on the city dump. Man, that's amazing. You need to be thankful. People that say, well, I hadn't got anything to be thankful for. I'd like to buy you a one-way ticket to some of the places that I've been. And I guarantee you, you wouldn't be there very long before you would start wishing that you had your problems back that you have. We need to be thankful. You need to thank God for a beautiful day, for a beautiful sunrise. Thank God that you're still vertical. I've asked people before, how are you? And they say, I'm vertical. That beats being six feet under. Well, unless you're ready to meet Jesus. But you've always got something that you could be praising for. And when you enter into His gates with thanksgiving, it makes you look for, what can I thank God for? What has God done in my life? How has He treated me? And when you start uh, giving thanksgiving, it magnifies Him. If you go back to my teaching that I did last week, to glorify God means also to magnify Him. How do you magnify God? By remembering being thankful for the things that he's done. You know, my wife and I went through extreme poverty when we first started in the ministry because I was not understanding things correctly. It was my fault, but nonetheless, we went large, long periods of time with no food. I mean, we would go a week at a time with nothing but water, forced fast, even when Jamie was eight months pregnant. And you know, to this day, I never go buy a meal we always say a blessing over our meal. But every time I eat, every time I go out, I was just recently out with some of my friends and we went to a fancy place to eat. 
I don't do this very often, but the bill was like $400 for four of us. And I, I just never do something like that without thinking, God, you are so awesome. Thank you. And I remember. And because I remember where we've come from, and I remember that God's been faithful, because I am constantly thanking Him that He has blessed us, you know what? It just keeps everything else. It's that deal where you're magnifying God. Everything else is relatively low. And because of it, I can have financial problems. I can have people come out against me and say things and do things. But compared to the worth and the value, the, mag the magnification that I give to what God has done in my life, everything else is just relatively insignificant. You know, the same thing applies in relationships. You're going to have people criticize you and come out against you. I've had, I've had so many blogs written about me, hundreds, thousands of them. I've had people come up to me and rebuke me and say terrible things to me that you shouldn't say to anybody. I remember this one guy coming up and just reading me the riot act, and I just stopped him in the middle of it. And I said, who died and made you God? And he just stopped and said, what are you saying? And I said, you know what? God loves me. God carries my picture in His wallet. And compared to God, you are nobody. I just don't care what you think. And he was offended. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should have been better. I don't know, but I'm, that, that is how I think. And when a, somebody comes out and just starts railing on me, I go back and say, Father, I know that you love me, and even though I'm not perfect, you still chose me. You knew I was a mess when you got me, and you used me in spite of that. And I just revel. I magnify. I glorify God's love towards me, and compared to God, you or whoever is nobody. And that's the way I cope with rejection. I put it in comparison. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, God Almighty loves me. He talks to me all of the time. And compared to God, your criticism is nothing. That doesn't mean I totally ignore it because sometimes there's valid criticism and I may learn something, but I'm saying I, I just do not stay up at night worrying about all of the people that dislike me because I know that God loves me so much compared to that, nothing else matters. And I'm telling you, this is what these verses are talking about. You have to glorify God, put the proper value on Him. You magnify Him and you magnify Him with thanksgiving. If you aren't a thankful person, then I can guarantee you, you are not magnifying God. You are not esteeming and glorifying God. You're glorifying your problems. And I know that some of you may have some objections against that. You're entitled to your opinion, but I'm not going to agree with you or we'd both be wrong. Jamie and I are here just to thank you so much for being partners with us. I tell yes. you, we are reaching around the world. I remember when yes. Jamie and I were it. I would run the sound while she was doing the praise and worship, and then she'd come back and run the sound while I was preaching. We did it all ourselves. Now we have so many people helping us, and it couldn't happen without you. That's very true. We're very thankful for our partners and what they're doing, and you're going around the world too and everything that this Amen. ministry does. Amen. So we just wanted to say a special thank you, and uh, we love you. And every good thing that is happening through this ministry, you're going to share in every one of those rewards. So God bless you. Thank you for being a partner with us. When you come to Karis Bible College, you are truly going to experience your life changed. You will be empowered to minister to your family, to your neighbors, 
to your church members, to minister, to give the love of Jesus. We all have a purpose and a destiny, and you will find that out when you attend Karis Bible College. It's a decision you'll never regret. It's like I can't speak enough good for Karis. My life would never, it, it, it's just never gonna be the same because I went to Karis. If you want answers to the questions that you have, come here and just dive into his word. I knew, okay, I have to be here. There's no doubt in my mind that I have to be here. I could not recommend Karis Bible College more strongly. Going to Karis Bible College has changed me and gave me a, look, a lot more confidence. So I believe you should come to Karis Bible College. I believe you should come to Karis Bible College and you should learn about the unconditional love of God. It's awesome. I would encourage anyone to take the time to prepare yourself at Karis Bible College. Sometimes I would find myself saying, Lord, I'm, I'm here. I'm here in Colorado. I'm here at Karis. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to remind you once again to please get these materials. I've got this book and I've got a study guide, which is the same material. It's just reformatted so that you can disciple other people. And then we have CDs and DVDs. And this teaching on staying full of God is powerful. We offer this and have a suggested donation, but if you don't have the money, go ahead and request it. Send what you can and my partners will enable me to go ahead and make this material available to you. Andrew's complete series titled Discover the Keys to Staying Full of God is available in either a CD album or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. This teaching is also available in book form, or you can get it in a companion study guide which will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for Bible studies, home groups, and Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Or if you prefer, these products are available as part of the Discover the Keys package. This package includes the book, the companion study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $80, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for a gift of $55. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. Our helpline is closed today to allow our employees to celebrate the holiday. But you can always visit our website where you can order ministry materials online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at awmi.net. On our website, you'll not only find materials from today's broadcast, you'll find a wealth of ministry resources available to you. If you prefer, you can order materials by writing us. Use the address on your screen. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In June, Andrew will be in Dumfries, Scotland and at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park for the Kingdom Business Summit with guest speakers Willie Robertson, Dr. Henry Cloud, Andrew Mason, Lance Walnell, Paul Milligan, Billy Epperhart, Dr. Dean Radke, and Karen Conrad. In July, Andrew will be in Woodland Park for the annual Summer Family Bible Conference along with speakers Barry Bennett, Stephen Bransford, Carrie Pickett, Greg Moore, Wendell Parr, Paul Milligan, Lawson Perdue, 
Billy Epperhart, Mark Cowart, and Congressman Bob McEwen. Then he'll be back in Woodland Park to host the Stand for Truth and Liberty Conference with special guest Bishop E.W. Jackson. Also in July, Andrew will be hosting a special Karis Day live stream event. Please note that the main campus in Woodland Park will not be open to guests. This event will take place only at participating Karis Extension campuses worldwide. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net.